review, y'all. Jump. The rest of the film. Jump. With my boy, Todd Hastings. Todd Hastings open his bitch. And that new Dylan got broke. Dylan got to what you got. You know what it is. Come on. Ladies and gentlemen, this is, of course, Stephanie McMahon, part seven. Oh, yeah. Now. Really Just scraping. to make it seven parts. Yeah. We, yeah, we are scraping the bottom of the fucking barrel here. Mm. I think how we're going to do this is, we did not talk about this on the podcast beforehand, because most podcasts like this, oddly, we're kind of doing what Dan Carlin does, but we're also doing what, I don't know some teens would do yeah, we're, 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 we're a combination to. between dan carlin's hardcore history and arguably the weirdest podcast i've ever found which is there's three guys that just talk about every joe rogan experience. oh the, the guy from the guy that guy's from ottawa what are you talking about that that's that guy is from ottawa 100 percent. is it happening in ottawa yeah yeah that sounds like a very for those you don't know i'm from ottawa ontario canada the capital of canada and it is Without a doubt, the creepiest town I've ever been to in my entire life. I've been to Dubai. Dubai has slaves, and Ottawa's still more often. Ottawa's a horrifying place. <laughs> yeah. It, Ottawa, by the way, the Ashley Madison hack? All Ottawa. Half, all, like, half the married people in Ottawa were on it, and no one in Ottawa was surprised. It was more like, yeah, we're here to fuck. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's got secrets, but no one, like... <laughs> It's one of those places, everyone's at home by midnight, but what they do at home is disgusting. Everyone's got secrets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone's at home. They make mm, way high five figures or low six figures, and they all have a ba- they all have a room in the basement that's locked for some reason. <laughs> I know why it's locked. Because they jack off in there. Why? No, 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 no. They, they do that openly. <laughs> yeah it's the thing with Ottawa is that you're so the only place i know of is where there's a sex club very close to three banks <laughs> i mean that's where you should put a sex club no, sex clubs need to be like in toronto where it's just unnecessarily near a bunch of hotels oh <laughs> Okay, so this is Stephanie McMahon Part 7, and what we're going to do is... about sex clubs. Do you think Stephanie McMahon has ever been to a sex club? I'm going to say this. Yes, daytime. She went daytime sex club with Triple H. They just wanted to switch it up, and also he's really into being pegged, which is a rumor I'm going to continue to fucking get out there. Where did that rumor come from? China spread it? Yeah, his ex spread it. I believe it. Not. Oh, good one. Oh, wait, it's opposite day. <laughs> I fucking got you, man. <laughs> so basically, there's two angles. There's the Kurt Angle, her, her constantly being like, I don't know if you have what it takes. And Kurt Angle can no longer speak a language because he doesn't have enough fluid in his body. Can we talk about the Kurt Angle debut as general manager, which was A... Teddy Long came out and they clearly did not expect him to get that massive fucking reaction of everyone being like, oh, fuck yeah, well, I'll take Teddy Long back. That was really fun, actually. Yeah, and then uh, Kurt Angle's Hall of Fame speech, which was just him being like, please hire me back, and then they do. And then him being like, I can still wrestle, and then they let him wrestle, and it was the Kurt Angle, no, so horrible Kurt to watch. Angle Hall of Fame speech, one of the most uncomfortable, because ne- I've never seen someone, you know the... 
oh, you should have stopped doing drugs about a year before you actually stopped doing drugs. Yeah. Wide-eyed, like, yeah. I'm having a nice time. What? What is time? Oh, he might- <laughs> you're a fucking piece of shit. Yeah, the thing also is Kurt Angle's reintroduced. Stephanie McMahon is back on television. This is, again, this is truly the beginning of the end of anyone really liking the WWE. There were moments of pure fucking joy, including Ronda Rousey jumping the fucking guardrail, all that sort of stuff, but... It starts to get real shitty. This is Asuka. We're all very excited about Asuka. We're all very excited about Shinsuke Nakamura being on the main roster. Oh, wow. I forgot about... I literally <laughs> forgot about that. <laughs> when I was like, oh, they're actually going to make them um, make some foreign stars. It looks like they really... Oh, wait. No, they're oh, no. no. No, no one they're absolutely not. <laughs> touch AJ Styles' penis a lot. And the other one, they're just going to de- like defang in the most fucking... Spe- like... Remember when she was awesome and literally getting the biggest pop off of an entrance and then beating the fuck out of everyone? Yeah, now she now she's just fine. But then also having good matches while being undefeated, which is something that's so rare where they give someone an undefeated streak. The only time I remember someone having an undefeated streak where they were actually having competitive matches where you thought they were in danger was Tatanka. Yeah, and I think the only reason why Tatanka that happened is they just forgot for like two years. Probably. Keep bear in mind, Tatanka's <laughs> just... streak is longer than Goldberg's. He was undefeated for so, like three years. Yeah, he was the best. And now, was he? He's a Trump supporter. Of course he is. He loves Trump. I would assume every wrestler from mid-90s WWF bar Kevin Nash is real into MAGA. Kevin Nash not being into MAGA is fascinating. I love it so much. Well, because he's from Detroit. Well, Kevin Nash. That is true. I never even thought about that. Yeah. Once Flint stopped getting the water, Kevin Nash was like, wait a minute, something doesn't add up, and it's your policies, Mr. Trump. Can you imagine if Kevin Nash ran against Donald Trump I, I, he would the win Democratic that, ticket? I would love it every day. Do you understand how fucking fun that campaign would be? Donald Trump being like, you're a drug taker, and Kevin Nash being like, I took somas in the 90s, but I still entertain the shit out of that crowd. Wink at the camera. Giant cheer. <laughs> Like, that is the only debate that I guarantee would at some point come down to one Donald Trump being like, I've slept with pretty women, and Kevin Nash just being like, oh yeah, and then just moves the podium to reveal um, Ric Flair's or Rick Rude style airbrush tights of Kevin Nash and a variety of hot women. Just being like, this is what I've done. Yeah, he just pulls a bottle of wine uh, from underneath the from underneath the podium and then just pours it into a tumbler not a long stem because you know he he, he was a ba- he's a bouncer at once a bouncer at a strip club always a bouncer at a strip club and he just like <laughs> he leans over and just starts telling bar like titty bar oh, stories yeah. while donald trump is trying to refute real points he's like oh you think you can subvert the democratic process by leading everyone astray <laughs> i'm just gonna tell stories that are fun to hear me waltman michaels michaels has passed out I stick Waltman's dick in Michael's mouth. Waltman, fully awake. <laughs> um, all of uh, all of his campaign commercials are just clips from Magic Mike with him over top of it just going, I was in the NWO. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, yeah. Oh, yeah, he beats up a guy who looks like Donald Trump, power bombs him, and spray paints uh, Dems on oh, his back. My- <laughs> well, yeah, was... The state of the world is truly in a shocking place where... The the tallest of the drug-taking group that took over the WWE in the mid-90s is a reasonable choice for president. Also, Kevin Nash is in better shape than he was when he was wrestling. 
Because he's just like, hmm, I do vanity steroids now. Yeah. It's like how... Turns out if you just work out every day and you never have to take bumps, you can get fucking ripped. Yeah, also he probably takes vanity steroids. It's like the everyone being like, man, The Rock works out so hard and it's like, and takes steroids. So many steroids. Like, like come on. The Rock is more on steroids than The Ultimate Warrior yeah, was. but it's he's in Hollywood, so it's not like anyone's checking. Yeah, exactly. Uh, where we we got sidetracked again? Oh, okay. So Kurt, here's you were saying Kurt Angle looks glossy eyed. He looked permanently concussed. I think he's a big pill head. He can't. Here's the one thing I wanted to say. Here's how disposable all wrestling matches are now. Legitimately, no other time in history could you say this, but they were making Kurt Angle wrestle on like a week to week basis for a while, and he was at risk of death. He was facing certain death every single time he wrestled, and still not that many people watched it. I mean, isn't wrestling the most heartbreaking thing in the world? Um, And just like Stephanie being everything that was completely wrong, while being a great great performer, absolutely everything that's completely wrong with wrestling and why wrestling is dove off the deep end is because of 20 years of shoving McMahons down everyone's throat, and now they're facing... AEW that, I mean, I'm going to call it right now, might be shoving the Rhodes family down everyone's throat. Yeah, AEW has already made some pretty classic errors. Also, they haven't spent any of the time leading up to All Out, which going to have been will have happened uh, the day before you hear this, building any sort of mid-card interest in a variety of the things. They just basically just use being the elite is a way to be like remember us we're cool <laughs> and it's a main it's a giant problem because not a lot of people are watching that compared to what are going to watch these pay-per-views and they could learn from this in- exact time in the wwe which was this is one of the times where the wwe was building anticipation for its product and then nothing comes of it because they don't listen to the fans they don't actually try and make something of it they just are like well fuck you i guess and then they make this and it's just boring and bad and um, we have a whole WrestleMania, but there's a, yeah, there's one or two WrestleManias in between Ronda Rousey showing up, yeah, 31, and then she shows up at 33. Is that correct? Um, but it's one of those things where the whole thing for two years was people were talking about like, oh, it'll be interesting if Ronda Rousey comes in. But also, what was weird is why uh, no one was excited for her to face Stephanie McMahon, and yet we all just kind of were aware, oh, that's what they're gonna do though, because. Welcome to wrestling. Wrestling's the worst. Yes, but there's also the weird thing where the the division is so new that you have to give Ronda someone to work with who she can definitely just beat up. But no, you can you can't do that. I I know this isn't a Ronda Rousey episode, but this I see the argument of you put her with for all intents and purposes. It is because this is mostly what Stephanie McMahon does during this era is uh, she clips Kurt Angle's nuts on TV constantly, and because and honestly that wasn't even her fault. What the problem with Kurt Angle was is they hired him. He became the general manager. He was everyone was excited to see. Kurt Angle be the general manager, but he stopped being able to speak English well. Like he couldn't say certain words. Like he wouldn't say WWE. He'd say WWE. Yeah, because he's essentially a CD with a bunch of scratches in it. That's 
that's that is exactly what Kurt Angle is. Kurt Angle is just like an iPhone you've thrown down the stairs. Yeah, like he's just he's just got a bunch of cracks. It still works, but like, no, we can't get Uber. Yeah, there's just certain things that it's not gonna. Yeah, it just doesn't do that though. Why? Yeah, no, I don't know. It's I don't know, man. It just doesn't. I I think I dropped it when I was drunk. We don't get Uber anyway. Just take a lift. Yeah, just stop asking questions. How about that, bitch? Yeah. So. Do you understand that the the authority's on their last legs now? Like, but they the way they took the authority out, and this is the whole thing about this is oddly how the NWO this happened over the course of twenty years, but this is how the NWO left too was that they weren't ever beaten. There was no point where Triple H, even when Triple H lost to Daniel Bryan, and then Daniel Bryan beat Batista and Randy Orton, they still brought the authority back. That's a fucking fair point. Yeah, they never actually beat. The McMahons never lose handily and stay down. Like, for God's sake, technically speaking, Vince McMahon survived an explosion. Yes. John Cena won countless matches against the authority where it's like, okay, we'll never be the authority again. And that was like next week. They're like, there is a clause in the contract. As it turns out, they're still quite authoritative. (laughs) You can use that. So Stephanie goes into... The Ronda Rousey thing, and she's already taken credit for women's wrestling as a whole, even though her dad <laughs> did more to make to actually try and get them changed technically from being called women to bitches, g- gushy holes. Yeah, yeah. and win- the winner of the demanding bitch title. <laughs> the stupid, ugly, useless whores. Um. But and in this corner, your whore. Constantly taking credit for, like, I mean, we all remember this, but, like, I don't even know if we've talked about this before, but, like, her having the entire women's roster coming out and talking about the women's evolution and the heels and the baby faces are standing there side by side. And it's like, you can't recover from that. Oddly, it was, like, kind of like the same thing as when I watch old NWA promos where Ric Flair's talking about how he's going to beat up, like, Lex Luger. But then he also is talking about how the NWA has great talent. And it's kind of like, in retrospect, it's like, just do your storylines. Because they're saying at the time, they're trying to take people from Vince and saying, oh, like, but Vince didn't talk about the other competition. It just makes, it's like, it just makes you seem really small time. Um, and for Stephanie, it makes you seem really disingenuous, especially when, like, you're not a wrestler. Are you better at speaking than all these women? Yes, because you've had 20 years of on-screen experience, no matter how bad you were for the first 10 years and you came back with time off and got better because you have greater ambitions it seems like but it's the whole thing is she's just can't be on television without completely destroying the other characters i've tried think of an analogy she's like a virus almost like the way they book her is she just takes away from it she just completely neuters and she's honestly worse than triple h well because triple h every once in a while loses a match stephanie mcmahon kind yeah. of stephanie mcmahon got out of the arm bar at wrestlemania when she was in the arm bar from ronda rousey like that's the thing where you're in that that position is really weird because you have to have a match with ronda rousey but she has to win but in their mind there's no one Moreover, like it would have been way better if it was Ronda Rousey against like Trish Stratus turning heel. I mean, that probably would have been hard to do. Yeah, but like it's hard to turn a yogi against the forces of good. Well, I don't know. You could just be like coming in here. I worked for this blah, blah, blah. You could do that. But then you don't want to have like that 
be the first thing that happens. Like, you don't want to bury one of your main roster, too. So it's like, I understand the predicament they were in. But, and Stephanie did a good job. It's just, like, hard to watch this woman get offense in on a UFC champion who's supposed to be, like, your female. But again, female that's going back to... Brock That's going back to this, which was I don't think they needed to put Ronda Rousey with Stephanie. Just put her with fucking any other wrestler. And it doesn't matter if it's not totally competitive because it's also one of those things where you keep going, she's done MMA, she's never done wrestling. Buy into that style and that level of it. I know that everyone would be like, well, MMA is tougher. Well, just put it in the context of not when you're in the WWE. And do it that way but they don't do that they do this weird thing in the wwf particularly um where they are like we're the fucking best unless anyone from anything comes in and then it's like except for that we're not as good as that we're not as good as um the television show nash bridges because nash you know what i'm saying (laughs) yeah except for mickey rourke can knock chris jericho unconscious mickey rourke yeah, Mickey Rourke, a man who struggles to hold a chihuahua, is stronger than uh, than like arguably the most impactful wrestler of the last twenty years, based on how much of a cume he had. Like it's just this weird schizophrenic thing, which I think that they need to fucking do. Yeah, I'm, the matches we all know is uh, Kurt Angle and Ronda Rousey versus Triple H and Stephen McMahon. Triple H is clearly the steady hand in the match. Plus, you're kind of like spoiling Kurt Angle's getting Kurt Angle to be her tag team partner was like a good idea just because even if Ronda Rousey sucks at least you get to see Kurt Angle in a wrestling ring or WWE ring again against Triple H like that's cool so I guess I like how they hedge their bets there but the weird thing about it really is like I really do feel like it should have been like Trips gets the upper hand on Kurt Angle just by nefarious means oh my god he hit him with a sledgehammer and then Stephanie is eliminated completely by uh Rousey and then I think Triple H loses to Ronda Rousey this is a fair thing to have happen because that's realistic like I think it <laughs> call me dumb but in a fair fight I do think that Ronda Rousey would just break Triple H oh of course. she'd be bruised she'd be she'd be bruised because Trips is yoked and uh, Roy's no no bounds, but but it'd be one of those things where it's like, oh my god, how like I actually disagree. I feel like he would get in there and then he'd be like, I have all this strength, and he wouldn't realize he's like, your I I'll use your strength again. And then there's actually she's done talking because now he's just on the ground crying. Yeah, so I mean they could have done that better. Um, after that match, Tr- Stephanie does take a real backseat she does some great promo work uh talking about how even though she and ronda rousey like she lost to ronda rousey she's doing the corporate spin thing talking about how uh it was so big for a win I, I, I absolutely which, fucking hated more than the fucking because it's just going no just go away for her to come back out put the arm bar on her yeah. again in that weird thing that they do of like oh well you know we didn't just fucking loot you lost you lost, you go away. But they don't do that in the WWE. In the WWE, again, they do this weird thing, which was everyone is strong and super great unless they're a McMahon, then they're literally super villains. Or David Arquette, and then or Kevin Federline, the greatest wrestling heel of the last 20 years. Kevin Federline was the greatest wrestler of the last 20 years. Thank you. No, a thousand of, I, in, in that, I'm saying he got a genuine crowd pop from the crowd. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's just... 
This is the best example of why did they do any of this? There is no reason for this. There is no explanation besides we don't know how to get a wrestler over, even though we've been a wrestling company for a million years. And it's frustrating. Also, for those of you who can't tell and probably can't pick up on the microphone, Dylan is moving around a wooden room, and it sounds like he's now broadcasting from a haunted house. Let me tell you what, what else is haunting. <laughs> Stephanie McMahon's post-Ronda Rousey match career. Because basically she just, as you said, starts giving promos and then nothing really happens. And she starts to go dead behind the eyes. I assume because Kurt Angle on camera is strange. Off camera, he's bizarre. Yeah, his pupils are dilated for the entirety of his run as general manager of Raw. The final thing that really annoys me is that Stephanie's a woman and you don't like women. Yeah, that's a great point, Dylan. Thanks again for being... That's true. By the way, Dylan stopped fapping. I haven't seen her nippies. <laughs> that's what annoys me. I want to see her big nippies. Do you think she has big nippies, Probably. regular nippies, small nippies? I don't want to discuss that. I just want to see them. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Uh... No, she comes out and announces the all-women's pay-per-view, and that's her like last thing she does as a regular mm-hmm. member of Raw. So she still goes out on top. Do you understand? Do you understand? Like she doesn't. She gets arm broken by Ronda Rousey and still is the ambassador for women's wrestling. Like you do that from a storyline where like you come out and Charlotte is fighting, you know, Becky Lynch and Bailey and Asuka or having a huge issue and Sasha Banks is fighting with Alexa Bliss and oh my god there's so much action and then that's when like friggin you know what I mean then Shane and Kurt Angle talk and they're like you know what there's too much women's action we need a whole women's pay-per-view and uh and then Charlotte says I don't care whatever I don't care what the pay-per-view is I want to beat the shit out of Becky Lynch and then they fight that's how you do it. You don't go like, we're doing this. Congratulations, women. Uh, <laughs> I mean, abortion might be is illegal in five states, but fuck it. It is weird that you that was a the original draft of, um, <laughs> due to the financial contributions of literally my father, uh, women's rights uh, to uh, choose how their body is used. It's not possible in five states we work in often. So to make up for that, some of these fucking gash lords can get in the fucking ring and have a tickle. All right. <laughs> anyone needs me? I'll By the be way, for a second, I thought you meant your own father. Yeah, I hope any of you. If anyone needs me, I'll be benefiting from the tax breaks. Everyone can suck my clit. It tastes like pee pee. Because of the because of my mommy, you can, you if you fucking take a load, you got to keep that yeah, load. Yeah, that's weird. Anyway, here's some. Uh, at least basically said. Um, in honor of those five states liberating themselves from the fucking uh, left-wing media bias, we're going to be letting weak people, i.e. women that aren't me, get in the ring and wrestle without the assistance and better pleasure of boys. And then Stephanie <laughs> sent a bunch of tampons to the New York Times with that written on them because they're all a bunch of purity ladies is what she said. And she's like, oh, they're all menstruating all the time over there. I like that. I mean... For sure. She she's very uh, apolitical, but I, what I think she believes is probably worse than her mom and dad. Oh yeah, no, she probably she's like I guarantee she's one of those like she's like a John McAfee libertarian where it's just like it's only only bitcoins, red meat and no trans people. 
Yeah, and it's just like, uh, what do you think on welfare? I think it's a useful list to have of people we should eliminate yeah, yeah, yeah. from the earth. Um, yeah, what do you think about compensation for wounded soldiers? Winners don't get wounded. <laughs> <laughs> They've already lost the game of agility. Why would I reward yeah. them? I uh, Anyone I need to give money to ha- has to be able to raise their hand in thanks, so tell them to fuck off. <laughs> Oh, so Stephanie does make some other uh, sporadic appearances here. Um, she comes back as a face for the first time since 2013. No one remembers. No she, one cares. Well, she. this is when Baron Corbin and uh, Kurt Angle are uh, fighting. Ah, yes. The great, um, these two bald men are going to do impressions of various magicians fight. But she's, she's, um... Kind of the Jack Tunney character because she comes back in September, November, December, February, and April, and just kind of like. And she's also friends with a variety of Toronto alcoholics. That's also why she was the Jack Tunney character. <laughs> yeah, she's friends with John's real dad. Um, fun fact: Jack Tunney living in Toronto the whole time he was the WWF president. That's why Jack Tunney was the smartest of all of the promoters that got bought up by Vince McMahon, because Jack Tunney said, mm-hmm. "You have to give me an on-camera role." That's great. So, and I think Jack Tunney was a really good promoter. He just looked like he kind of looked like Ronald Reagan, if I can place yeah, that. He does. He looks Maybe like. Well, no, what he looks like that. is every on Southern Ontario businessman. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's like I'm wearing a suit, but it's but there's no pants because I'm sitting. They're sitting down for a yeah, reason. Yeah. You know? uh, hello. <laughs> yeah, Jack Tunney. He just looked presidential. He's always in a nice. I suit. run a I run a lumber yard, and I uh, don't use condoms. And the other thing was the Jack Tunney's president always had presidential addresses. Yeah, he would do this weird like. He, yeah, do you know he, what I mean? Absolutely. Like he was always from a room offsite. Like you've taken away from my important WWF presidential business. I absolutely loved it. Also, name the event he actually appears at. What event does he actually appear at? Um, did he actually appear at? I'm looking here. Uh, summer. Very style? briefly at WrestleMania four. <laughs> Really? They're very briefly. Oh, because they pulled everything out. Because they they were giving a new a new champion for sure, championship tournament. There's a Jack Tunney trading card as well. We're really scraping the bottom of the barrel here. Uh, so <laughs> also, by the way, do you know who you know who do you know who hates Jack Tunney? I can't believe him. Who hates Kevin Jack Tunney? Nash. Always thought he was a waste of money. Yeah, for sure. He, for sure, he was. You could just get someone who's old in the office. You could probably get the janitor to do what Jack Tunney yeah, did. Yeah, because keep in mind, Jack Tunney still got, he was actually working and owned, was the like operator of WWE Canada, which still exists, and had this on, like he was getting two paychecks, and really pissed off Kevin Nash, who I assumed was just like, just give me that money, I'll do it. <laughs> I'm the president too. President, not yeah. Diesel. Anyway. <laughs> Big Daddy President. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Big Daddy Sex President. Uh, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, I know what you're thinking. Well, this first half hour wasn't very focused. Well, Stephanie Man now is just a charitable arm of the company. So strap in for Dylan making off color jokes about charity, I guess. YOLO. We'll see you after the break. Mm, Dylan Gott uses the N-word. We need money for lawyers. Donate to Patreon. Minimum donation, $5. Maximum donation, Suck job. Welcome back. All right, Stephanie Man's not really on television. What is she doing? Well, let me tell you what she's doing. Uh, essentially, she's um, uh, becoming the corporate face of the WWE charitable arm as they are expanding, uh, donating money. A couple of reasons why they're doing that. Huge amount of tax incentives. Um, also, it gives you tax credits. Also, it helps rewrite the history of your company. 
and your family, especially since one of you is about to die and or start the XFL. Yeah, I mean, giving money to charities that no one can ever say, (laughs) you know what I mean? Giving money to charities on one hand and then doing nefarious things on the other hand is a, as American as goddamn apple pie. Yeah, it's... um. It's an it's and it's one of those things where it's why she's doing it. Uh, it's also limiting her FaceTime. There's uh, some assumptions that there is also still a bit of a skim, schism between her and Shane, who returned to the company, which I wouldn't be that surprised by, because um, the assumption has been for a while that her and Triple H will take over. Um, but who the fuck knows if they actually will? No, Shane is uh, Shane's just an on-screen talent. He's just signed as a talent. There's no other. Sure, that's what they say. That's apparently on the books because they're a public company, so it's all public record. And he's just—he's just an on-screen Absolutely, talent. He has but no there is a possibility he is still influencing the decisions of his dad. Like it's one of those things where they. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The reason he—you're never not someone's son. Yeah. The reason why he left was he wanted to preserve the relationship with his dad because his dad refused to make him the CEO. Essentially, um, uh, was the situation. So he left. For him to finally come back just as an on-screen talent is interesting, but also kind of like there might be more to it than that. Uh, especially with her then really limiting her on-screen role and really like going back to being somebody. You know what I'm saying? I do, Cookie. So she's working in the in the charitable wing. Uh, she's a staunch Republican. <laughs> is there anyone who's rich who's not a Republican, though, to be fair? Warren Buffett. Yeah, he's very rich, but Warren Buffett, I watched a whole documentary on him, and he more so looks at interest rates and stuff as like this weird game he likes to play. So that's why he's so rich. He's just good at something that will net you tons and tons of fucking money. Yeah, it's also one of those things where he's an ethical business person, which is actually quite rare, and also understands that there's a limitation to how much money you genuinely need. Yeah, he... There's a watch. There's a becoming Buffett documentary. I think that's an HBO. You should uh, all watch it. It's 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 just a nice old man who's got the most money in the motherfucking world. Nice old man <laughs> who really loves eating at McDonald's every morning. Every morning he eats at McDonald's. He's just an 86 year old man loving egg McMuffins. Yeah, that's how he knows how his company's doing because sometimes he can only get a hash brown, which you're just like, or he just gets the egg patty, which is the craziest fucking thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, but I mean that's what that's so crazy that he'll <laughs> the company dipped. But I'm like, I got ten dollars. I spend five of them on these trading cards. Yeah, mm. Mm, I like them too much. Not trading the cards. If you could, would you eat at McDonald's breakfast every morning? I absolutely would do it. Absolutely. Mm, no, I couldn't. I'd get I get the plops. <laughs> yeah, that's the other thing is. Warren Buffett's both a million, a billionaire and also doesn't get the fucking sugar shits for fucking eating at fucking McDonald's every day. <laughs> well, he's had too much. He's had too many. Plus, they pro- he's Warren Buffett. He's probably... That's probably just for the cameras. He's getting his own designer McDonald's. How many fucking advantages can one man have? <laughs> Here's what I want to talk about, actually, because we've never really done this on the podcast, but I think it's actually worth it to do it for these type of characters... Uh, be it your Triple H's, be it your Stephanie's, um, even if we eventually, you know, Vince passes and we're still doing this goddamn thing and we're 86 in a post-apocalyptic global warming wasteland, what do you see for Stephanie in the next, like, five years? I think that in the next five to ten years, the WWE will be sold. Um, 
why do you think this? You mention this all the time, but why do you think the WWE? They're already is making be moves to sell. So it's one of those things where it, more than likely Vince McMahon does not trust or want to create a schism within his children to have them um, take over. Because one of them would, and the other one wouldn't. Um, he's a crazy control freak. Also, if he does that, he can solidify his legacy forever by he'll just become a crazy rich. They'll just be a crazy rich family. Yeah, um, and probably still control most of the company. But the, you can tell because he's doing certain things like divesting um, themselves of permanent office space. Um, they, Although those TV contracts, he's not a stupid enough businessman to know that those aren't totally lopsided and will be difficult to get again. Because this is the thing. When the W... When, sorry, when W... When the UFC was sold, one of the main things that they said was one of the contributing factors to them being sold was TV rights. Now, TV rights are going up, obviously. Um, obviously, there's got this great deal with Fox, the WWE does. Um, and the other one was a uniform deal with Reebok was another thing where the UFC got this sweetheart deal with Reebok. They completely destroyed their fighters, but then, like... So the fighters can't get sponsorship, but also it made the product just look cleaner because everyone had like designer trunks. Um, everyone kind of looked more like boxing did in like the 1960s where one guy's wearing white, one guy's wearing black, figure out who it is, that type of thing. Um, but the WWE, you're saying, so they divest of office space. I don't know because they're really in a bind here with the just too much content. And then NXT moving to USA as well. Well, that's something different. Okay, so what that also is is that they know that AAEW is a threat and they have to do something. It's also, an, again, an ability to make more income coming into the company right now because this is a moment when live sports are calling for a huge amount of TV product money. So they'll have, in two to three years, they could be able to say, look at all of the assets we own. These are on television for this long. Someone like Disney would then just go, oh, fuck it, we're going to buy this. Or Fox would go, oh, fuck it, we'll just buy this. The only reason I think is because now would be the time to sell, I would think. Because Disney's buying up everything for all their streaming service that they're opening. So putting a million subscribers of the WWE network... And since you're Disney and you just lower that to $5 a month now, you get all the WWE because who cares? This is just another thing to get our friggin' subscribers up. Like what Amazon is doing is like just making factories as close to cities as possible. So now in the future, Amazon Prime in two years can be like you order whatever at 9 a.m. and you get it by two. Like that's going to be the new Amazon Prime. Um, I just think that kind of them buying wrestling like... I could see Disney doing it, maybe, but for anyone else's portfolio, it's like, granted, they have made wrestling so mayonnaise that, like, nothing happens and there's no real things to make it even fun anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just kind of over there. Like, there's no sort of, like, ooh thing to it. You know what I mean? Yeah, but then where does Stephanie fit in? So let's say the WWE is sold. Where does Stephanie fit in then after? She will like, be have some sort of sweetheart fucking role or she will go into charity or she'll do something else or she will just retire and be a rich person. And that's her life. And that's her life. Triple H gets left out in the cold in that scenario, though. I mean, Triple H will be fucking fine. <laughs> I could totally see 
them selling WWE and then Triple H like almost buying NXT and just like running a territory and just being weird yoked Jim Cornette. I mean, that's not actually that bad of a sh- that would that yeah he could do that yeah yeah all right what's the best thing about Stephanie McMahon her whole career <sighs> the entire career what's the best thing about Stephanie McMahon and don't say her bra you said that last time did I really. <laughs> Yeah, you said her bras. <laughs> I don't think I did say that. No, you did. You said her bras. I didn't say her bras. I'm a monster. I'm not a horrific monster. You said, ooh, I like her bras. The way that she moves. Uh, I am so sorry. I'm going to say best thing that she's ever done was the first year she was on television. Everything else has been a bitter disappointment, and I don't care for her. Yeah, I say she topped out as, like, damsel in distress, and then everything else bad. Like, I mean... It's going to be so the WWE I don't I think you know 7 months ago this time last year everyone was like maybe AEW has a fucking shot um I don't think AEW is going to take them down the way that everyone thinks they will I think I think the WWE is just going to be fine it's going to sell off make a shitload of cash and then just peace out I think that AEW is going to do very well I think that they're a good alternative. I just also think that their existence kind of puts a, a fly in the ointment of a WWE sale just because it's you don't own all of wrestling now. But them putting NXT up against AEW for everything that we've said about they don't know what's going on, they know what's going Like, this is a smart move, them putting NXT up against AEW because you're... Completely diluting that fan base, uh, the the uh, fucking tired dad wrestling fan base that we've come to know and love, you people listening here. NXT and AEW cut those guys in half. The thing is, I think that people will just watch AEW because WWE kind of has a lot of ill will. And especially the fact that no one really thinks about this, but NXT is great because it's an hour. Now they're moving to two yeah, hours. Yeah, so this is the main issue with That's all That's w- twice the amount of time. If they don't do well in the ratings, then it's a fucking WWE production. Vince will become more hands-on, especially since NXT versus it. That's the th- stuff that gets a guy like that or anybody up in the morning is competition. So he'll take over and be more hands-on. And then you'll see Mr. McMahon, the commissioner of uh, NXT, and we'll all walk into the ocean together. Oh, God. If he shows up on NXT, it's going to be a real problematic time. He's going to win the NXT title in a do-rag like he did with ECW. It's going to be great. You just turned me around on it. I will be so happy if that happens, and I will only watch I, NXT. So I, well, I'll be absolutely on board with that as well. <laughs> I mean, there's, you just gotta have fun. I'm gonna, meaning to rewatch WWE, CW, and Vince was the champion because it'll just be so fun. Uh, John, what's the wor- be- What's the worst thing about Stephanie McMahon whole career? Uh, I'm gonna go with um. Oh, oh yeah, telling me. Hmm. I'll say the best thing about Stephanie is her new tits. No, I think it's her. Uh, I think it's her during the authority. She's a great performer. It's just that it's also the worst thing, which is that she can't let anyone win, even when 
As we talked about, she loses to Ronda Rousey, breaks her arm. She still gives a speech about how proud she is of Ronda Rousey and the women's revolution. And they're going to have women's evolution, the first all women's pay-per-view. Because you cannot be a heel and a spokesman. You need, like we are talking about, old Jack Tunney to come out and be like, because of all the issues uh, with all the women, blah, blah, blah. We're having an all, due to, due to outstanding demand, we're having a all-female pay-per-view on the WWE. Like, that's that's how you do it. That is how you do it. But, no, she lost to Ronda and said she's proud of Ronda and that she's they're doing an all-women's pay-per-view, which completely negates Ronda. That doesn't completely negate Ronda's win, but it just, like, just pisses and fucking everything. Like... Just go away. You're so mad you went away. Like, that's what a villain does. In the credits of, you know, Avengers Endgame, Thanos didn't be like, well, I'm not actually really dead and I'm proud of everyone for working together. You know? It just, she just constantly fucking shits on everybody and she neuters everybody. The Dusty Rhodes thing we talked about in the last part was emblematic of the whole thing. She went toe-to-toe with Dusty. Dusty knew his program was with Triple H, so he improved around Stephanie, and they never put Dusty on television again. And that's Dusty Rhodes, one of the top three guys on the yeah, mic yeah, ever. Exactly. I'm going to say everything what you're saying is wrong, and the worst thing about her is the uh, hot lesbian action thing. <laughs> that's actually the best thing, so wrong. Oh, is it? Oh, maybe kissing Eric Bischoff. Yeah, kissing Eric Bischoff. I'm going to go that. That's what I started. Like the whole weird like Eric implying that he's going to become Vince McMahon. So Stephanie will be attracted to him kind of stuff where you're just like, oh, I'm all sorts of un- I'm all sorts of uncomfortable. And then Vince McMahon just ripping off a load and his over his pants to it. You know how? What color do you think? I feel like Vince McMahon comes cold. <laughs> yeah it's just a nice chunky gazpacho oh yeah it's like vanilla ice cream coming out of me baby Ooh, yeah. okay well that's the end of this episode we're gonna do a mercy kill baby thanks very much for listening give yourselves a round of applause we did it seven parts of Stephen mcmahon ladies and gentlemen over the last 14 weeks we have I thought I was going to fire. Tried to eliminate our entire listener base. Yes, that's right, John. Yeah, that's right, ladies and gentlemen. We have done 14 weeks, seven of them on Billy Gunn, seven of them on Stephanie. What's up for the next two weeks? Well, I'm glad you asked, because we are doing the Dudley Boys. They only get two weeks. Billy Gunn got seven. Week one, Reverend Devon. Week two, Bully Ray in charge of aces and eights. That is all. Yeah, not talking about... Their tie-dye phase, not talking about the camo, not talking about how they broke tables and the nutted, just Reverend Devon and Bubba Tough. Biggest baby faces, and one of their baby face qualities were, we are here to hit women, and the WWE yeah. fan base was very much on board. Yeah. I remember that watching when they would cut to the crowd during because in Canada they didn't allow uh, they didn't allow them to show women going through tables and I would be like that's bullshit. (laughs) I came here to get hard is what you I remember you saying to me you're like oh yeah I called you random number in Ottawa didn't know your name I just said I came here to nut (laughs) and then I hung up I was like I don't know that guy is but I hope we start a podcast together. Ooh, and we invented what a podcast is. Thanks very much for listening, guys. If you liked our show, recommend it to a friend. If you liked our show also, you can rate and subscribe on iTunes. We're on SoundCloud and Stitcher. We're on 
Twitter and Instagram at Wrestler Review. That's at Wrestler Review on Twitter and Instagram. Facebook fan page, The Wrestler Review Podcast. And as always, we're on Patreon, uh, patreon.com backslash Wrestler Review for early access to episodes and exclusive episodes on Patreon. We have a Jimmy Snooko three part series on how he's definitely a murderer. We have a Buck Zumoff episode and also a bunch of other stuff. Benoit? Oh, you should listen. Everyone listen to the Buck Zumoff episode because I'm just like, hey, Dylan, Buck Zumoff is a pedophile. And Dylan's like, nope. That's, he behaves yeah, yeah, yeah. just like I, I do. I was like, that's ooh, cool. Nambla. That's what I'm yeah. a part of. And I showed my Nambla jacket. Dylan Gott is the Michael Jackson of the podcast. He's the... Yeah, because I'm fucking very talented and everyone just ignores my pedophilia because of the talent. <laughs> oh, no! doesn't matter i'm a pedophile look at me dance look at me dance give me your kids it'll be fine my dancing is too good the weirdest of all the michael jackson pedophile jokes is the he moonwalks into your kids room joke that was so prevalent right after he died oh really so many people had the like of course who else would invent that dance so he could just moonwalk into the place where your kids are vulnerable I like the one where it's like there's the Pope and a Catholic priest and uh, Michael Jackson and they're all on a boat and the Pope says, hey, how far away from land? And the Catholic priest and Michael Jackson are sucking off the same kid. (laughs) Wow. One's got balls. One's got dick, you know. I just made that up. That's did. how talented I, don't I am. I think you know how to do a joke. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, the Pope and Michael Jackson are just sucking off a kid and they're on a boat or something. I don't know. No, and the Pope goes, that's fine. That's the end of the joke. The Pope goes, oh, that's sick. <laughs> Is that what the Pope sounds like? Yeah, and then the Pope paddles and they get to shore. They kill the kid, though. No witnesses. Wait, wait, what? That's the end of the joke. Anyway, uh, if you guys want more jokes... Uh, I'm on Twitter at Dylan Gott, and he's on Twitter at the John Hastings. That's the end of the plugs. And also, let's go. Let's go for a drive together. Vroom vroom. Are you in a car? Dylan, are you in a car right now? <laughs> I'm in a car. <laughs> Dylan, this is. Bye, guys. I've got to drive. <laughs> I cannot believe we've done. Um, we've done more than 40 minutes on Stephanie McMahon. Part seven. I'm so tired. Goodbye, everybody.